Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. No man cannot hinder me, no man cannot hinder me, no man cannot hinder me, no in that bright, in the morning, very well, very well. In that bright, in the morning, very well, very well. In that bright, in the morning, very well, very well. In that heaven we thank you for the privilege of worship we thank you oh God for being in our midst we thank you for keeping us alive we thank you God that in spite of all of the things that we have experienced this week that we can still give testimony and verify that you are a faithful and just God we praise your holy name for every blessing, O oh God, every encounter. We thank you for protecting our minds, our homes, O oh God. And we ask right now, dear God, that you will give us the presence of mind to worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray for preaching power, teaching power, O oh God. And we pray right now that you will bless our church family, bless everyone under the sound of my voice, and God, I pray today that somebody will be saved and somebody will say that they want to receive Jesus and they want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We pray for a special anointing and we bind the enemy and anything, anything that will come against us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. I have been blessed to be in your midst, and I thank God for the privilege of being present with you. I thank you for having a church family that I love so much, 
And I thank you for being such a loving and kind church family. And I hear all the time of great things that you are doing in the name of Jesus. I find it interesting that as John teaches us about the character of Jesus, he gives us a great picture, Malik, of what Jesus is really like. And I decided to read from uh, the Message Bible my scripture today because I like the way the Message Bible said, but my purpose is not to get your vote and not to appeal to mere human testimony. I'm speaking to you this way so that you will be saved. John was a torch blazing and bright, and you were glad enough to dance for an hour or so in his bright light. But the witness that really confirms me far exceeds John's witness. It is the work the Father gave me to complete. And Trustee Sandra, as I read through this verse over and over again, I ask myself, am I a trustworthy witness? I asked Kelly, am I a trustworthy witness? Am I preparing through study, prayer, meditation to bear witness to the goodness of the Lord? This is a challenging moment because many of us do not put Jesus on our schedule. This is a challenging time because if it doesn't get to the calendar, it doesn't happen. But I'm here to remind you that the Lord has an expectation of all of us. And the expectation is that no matter where we go, what we do, that we ought to be testifying about the great work and the goodness of Jesus. Just ask yourself for a moment, are you trustworthy? Trustworthy means to be worthy of confidence. I find it interesting at times, Minister Benita, when people will tell me something and they'll say that it's a secret and be sure that you don't tell anybody else. And then next week, I hear it from somebody else. And so I'm saying, if it was a secret and nobody was supposed to know, then how is it that people know? If you're trustworthy, you're dependable. If you say, I got your back, Kelly, I got your back. If you're not going to tell my life story to everybody, then you ought to be dependable enough, reliable enough, responsible enough. And say, are you safe? Is it safe? to bear one's heart with you? Can you be trusted with my innermost secrets and all the things that I've done that didn't please God? Can I trust you and tell you the places I've gone that I shouldn't have gone? Can I trust you enough to be real? And what trustworthy means is that you are authentic, you are consistent, you have integrity. You don't tell different stories to different people. You just tell the truth all the time. Now, let me tell you something. Being trustworthy might cost you a few friends. Being trustworthy means that some people might not like you. Some people will stop speaking to you. But we have to be reminded that we are here to serve and please the Lord. A trustworthy person is kind, resourceful, connecting people, connecting people with opportunities, humble and available. And I want every day of my life to walk so that I can be trustworthy and that I can be a witness for Jesus Christ. Just the other day, I went in to see my doctor, and there was a woman who was behind the counter. 
And she looked at me, and I looked at her, and then she looked at me, and I looked at her, and I said, well, maybe we should be talking to each other. So I said to her, I said, how's your day going in the name of Jesus? And all I had to say was Jesus, and it was all over because the door had been opened. So I found that sometimes if you would just share your identity and bear witness just by saying the name of Jesus, people can be delivered because you never know what's going on with that person. Can you be trustworthy? As we were reading uh, uh, over the um, Black History Moment, and thank you, Simone, it was beautiful, I reflected on uh, reading about John Lewis this week, and um, I was so stunned when I just read again some of the things that he, has, he had done and accomplished. He was more than just a congressman from Georgia. He represented marginal people and people who were overlooked. He represented people who could not speak for themselves. If you are a witness for Jesus, then you are a witness to the people who need to be introduced to Jesus. I wish that I could start a fire under my people for evangelism. And I wish I could change and transform hearts and let people know that your word matters. What has happened to you matters. What has happened in your life matters. What God has done for you matters. There is somebody trying to get where you are right now, and you probably have the pattern for getting there. But when we don't take time to bear witness and we do not take time to witness for Jesus, we never open the door. Somebody wants to know, how can you be happily married? Benita, Minister Benita, Minister Deborah, they might be wanting to ask you a few questions. It's been a what, year and how many days? How many days was it? Huh? Oh, it's been a year and four months. You want to bear witness to anything? What? God is still good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some people can't make it a year and four months. Hallelujah. So we have to praise God. I was blessed by reading uh, some of John Lewis's quotes, and all of us know the one about getting good trouble, necessary trouble. Tell people the truth, you will get in trouble. Hallelujah. He was so wonderful. He said that do not get lost in a sea of despair. Be hopeful. Be optimistic. Our struggle is not the struggle of a day, a week, a month, or a year. It is the struggle of a lifetime. Never, never, never be afraid to make some noise and get in trouble. He called it necessary trouble. He said in another quote, I appeal to all of you to get into the great revolution that is sweeping the nation. Get in and stay in the streets of every city, every village, and hamlet of this nation until true freedom comes, until the revolution of 1976 is complete. John Lewis also said his freedom is not a state. It is an act. It is not some enchanted garden perched high on a distant plague. He said it's a continuous action we all must take, and each generation must do its part to create an even more fair, more just society. He said when he was um, killed, he was speaking of Dr. King, I really felt that I lost a part of myself. And he says, my dear friends, your vote is precious, almost sacred. It is the most powerful nonviolent tool we have 
to create a more perfect union. Let us give a moment of praise to God for the life of Congressman John Lewis. Hallelujah. 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 He opened doors. He served the marginal. And he always was in good trouble. But you know what? I realized that Jesus had a lot in common with John Lewis. Because Jesus made trouble everywhere he went. James Barbie Sr., it was good trouble. Jesus was bold enough to preach to people who did not want to hear the truth. And in the fifth chapter of John's gospel, Jesus makes an amazing claim by himself. He claims to be the son of God, the one sent by the father, the source of our life. And most of the people, Simone, were looking at him as if he had lost his mind because they were hooked to the law and they did not understand this message of love that Jesus was bringing. People listened with an open mouth amazement as Jesus made their claims. And many of them asked, how do we know you're telling the truth? What evidence does he give? Knowing their minds and hearts, Jesus proceeds to give them his credentials. Beginning with verse 31, which is where we started today, he reveals the witness and Jesus begins to explain. Notice the behavior of Jesus is that Jesus met people where they were. Jesus allowed them to ask him questions and Jesus was bold enough to answer their questions. Because we live in a fallen age when people claim many things for themselves, we do not know whether to believe them or not because we cannot trust everybody. It would be naive if we did so. We, I came, we were in Alabama last week and I thank God for a safe journey there and a safe journey back and I thank God my mom's here for a few days and I pray that she will have a wonderful visit but it's good to go back. And it's good to go back to see where you came from. It's good to go back home and to look at the kitchen table that you grew up around. It's good to go back and to realize that the church you went to was only big, about this size over here. And I was peeping in the windows of True Light Baptist Church and I was praising God that we were able to live in this community. We moved in our house in 1961. I was 10. And I love that church. I still love the atmosphere was already set because all they did was worship God in spirit and in truth. And I was laughing to myself saying, God, I remember when we didn't have any money, we couldn't go anywhere. So going to church was a big deal. I, I went to choir rehearsal and couldn't sing, and they would let me stand there with them. At least I had some place to go. I ushered. I was a witness everywhere. I volunteered in the kitchen because I love the Lord. And now I understand that old song, Sister Connie, that we sing, I gave up everything to follow the Lord. Can you name one thing you've given up to follow the Lord? Have you given anything? Do you bear witness to the Lord? Is your testimony fresh? If you bear witness, something ought to be good. Some testimonies I hear go on and on and on about all the bad things that have happened, but at some point, God ought to do something good if you are a child of God. So when Jesus says his testimony is not true, he does not mean it is false. He means it was true in their eyes. 
not necessarily. And so what Jesus is saying is that I am not who you think I am. I'm introducing myself, but you don't believe me. And then Jesus says that there's another who bears testimony to him. He was constantly teaching, as you know, it was John the Baptist who introduced Jesus, right? So Jesus is saying, John wasn't the one, and I'm not the one. Somebody else. It's the Father. I came here to complete the work of my Father. So Jesus was saying, I want you to know the truth so that you can make a good decision. And this is what accounts for Jesus' boldness. Are you a bold witness? Or are you shy? Are you bold when you're getting something that you want? Are you bold when you think you deserve something? Are you bold when you think God ought to give you a little bit more of this and that? That was a boldness about Jesus. And he had an inner consciousness on what he was doing. It's the Holy Ghost that gives you the boldness so that you can speak truth in the midst of a storm. It's the boldness that comes from God's spirit that allows you to see that COVID-19 will not last forever. There is life on the other side, and God is going to bless us. There's a boldness in saying, I might not have all the material things that I want, but it does not mean that God does not love me. There's a boldness in saying, I don't have much according to you, but according to what I have is a relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's all I need. There's a boldness that comes from the spirit and a fire. Don't you ever get wound up about Jesus? You don't look like it right now. Don't you ever get a boldness? in? What is your boldness in Jesus? What does it look like? I thought I saw it last week when Daniel Congino was dancing. All oh, I said, let him go. Let him go. Let him dance. And he was going to cut a staff. And then Minister Derrickson, mm. I said, all right, all right, all right. Jesus said, be bold about your witness and witness to the truth, not the testimony which I received, but the truth. It's amazing how we witness. Our homes bear witness to our relationship with Christ. Our cars bear witness to our relationship. The people that we hang out with bear witness to our relationship with Jesus Christ. If you were the same group now that you were with when you came into the kingdom, you probably are not witnessing too much. You can't be with the same group, and you cannot do the same things and expect the Lord to be glorified. At some point, you got to make up your mind that I'm going to live for Jesus or I'm going to live for Satan. At some point, you got to make up your mind that I'm going to get right with God or I am going to move on. Every now and then, you ought to test yourself and ask, am I in the right place doing the right thing with the right people? Every now and then, you ought to ask yourself, Lord, are you pleased with me? Lord, are you pleased with this situation? Lord, are you pleased with what I have become? Last week, Reverend Bell and I were talking, and her godbrother, Eddie, was 41, and he transitioned to be with the Lord. And I was calling to check on her because she had sent me a text message that Eddie had transitioned. And we started talking, and she shared something with me that she had to do. And it was something that she did not want to do in the flesh. But because of her relationship with God, she was cornered. And she had to do the right thing. And so in that conversation, I said to her, there are some things 
in life that you do because you love Jesus. There are some things you do because you love Jesus. There are some things you don't do because you love Jesus. There are some things you don't say because you love Jesus. There are some places you don't go because you love Jesus. And what I'm saying to you today is be brave and bold enough to ask yourself, are you bearing witness that glorifies the Lord? And Jesus goes on to say a very beautiful thing about John. He was a burning and shining lamp. And you were willing to rejoice for a while in his life. You can't shine in my light and I can't shine in yours. You cannot live my life and I cannot live yours. And there are some of us who want to be in the glimpse of somebody else and not do the work and be the witness that we have to be. Going to a church does not place you in heaven and give you eternal life. Going and sitting on the right, left, or in the middle is not what about light and burning light, but does your light burn wherever you are? When you go into BBB, does your light burn? Or do you go around the aisle and then people say, well, I thought, I thought she was, I, I didn't know she was all of that. But we have to be careful about our witness. We have to be careful about the way we carry ourselves. And we have to be careful about how we treat other people. Jesus said that a lamp that is not burning, and therefore it is not shining either. Also, I've discovered that just because you have a lamp doesn't mean that it's working. There's a lamp in my mother's bedroom uh, where I slept the other night, and I kept trying to make the lamp work. I realized, yes, I have a lamp here. I see the shade, I see the cord, and I see the bulb. But no, something's happening here. The wiring obviously is not working because the lamp is dead. The lamp said, I'm not working anymore. So what I'm saying to you is test your own light. Be bold enough to ask someone to observe me for a day and give me some feedback. How much do I roll my eyes at people? How much do I put my hand on my hips? How many times do I turn my head to let you know I'm ignoring you? How many times did you look at me and say, oh no, here she comes again? We need to have a secret agent to look at us. What do we do and what do we say? And when we're talking to people on the phone, we're rolling our heads back, going, oh, I wish she would just shut up, be quiet, let me go, I don't want to hear this. We need to ask ourselves, am I a shining light burning for Jesus? Or am I a light that does not shine at all? Would you really like to be a shining lamp? You can dust the dirt off today. And you can say to yourself is that I'm not as bright as I want to be, Lord. I want to get brighter in you. I want to burn up for you. I want to be on fire for your people. I, I want to go to Chatham Forest, and I want people to not see me, but see the light of Jesus Christ. I want to evangelize and witness to people to let them know that there is always hope as long as our Jesus is alive. I want to bear witness. Don't you think in the middle of a pandemic that we have been in for a year on lockdown, don't you think that this would be a great opportunity to talk about Jesus? Don't you think this is a great opportunity to talk about the light of Jesus Christ and have the chance to bear witness? There are many verses in the Bible referencing light. In Ephesians 5.14, Paul says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Ephesians 5.14. 
So Jesus said to them, for a little while longer, the light is among you. Walk while you have the light so that darkness will not overcome you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. And to be truthful, church, the enemy loves it when we walk in darkness. The enemy shouts and is happy when we get in trouble. The enemy has his own worship service when we deny the presence of Jesus Christ. Thessalonians 5, 5, for God who said, let light shine and this darkness made his light shine in our hearts. I was observing being in Alabama and I realized that so much of the history and the past of the state I was born in is covered in darkness. But what also crossed my mind when I was there is that in the midst of that darkness, God gave my mother and father eight children. In the midst of that darkness, I had the best grandmother that ever lived. She made the best biscuits, sweet potato pie. She was just wonderful. In that darkness, we made up things because we didn't have any money to buy toys, so we had paper bags and scissors, and we could cut out and color it every way we want. I learned that I was blessed through that experience because I understand what it means to be resourceful because when you don't know what's on the other side and you only have what you have, it's amazing how you can be happy with what you have. And I've also discovered that the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. And the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. That old church was called True Light Missionary Baptist Church. He was Reverend Leroy Borkins, and he said, I'm going to be with you a while. And could he preach? And he preached, and he preached. And then he would preach some more. And then Sister Todd would get up and start running around the church. And we knew that when Sister Todd got up and she started running around the church, we are not getting out of here in the next hour. And when she got happy, she would walk around and she would have to throw a dress. And so we were glad that the slips were matching. You know, we go, oh, my God, what is she going to do now? And then Sister Ruth Williams was in the choir. And she would be singing, I can see so much. I can see so much that the Lord has done for me. Can I get a witness? Can you see what the Lord has done for you? Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Isn't it awesome that we have a God who answers prayer? Isn't it awesome that God knows what we need before we figure out what we need? Isn't it awesome that God blesses us through relationships and we don't understand how we ever got connected, but God worked it out. Is there anybody right now you can thank God for because that person bears witness to Jesus Christ? The people listened for a while, and then they went on to do some other things like we do, jogging, dieting, Facebook, YouTube, podcasts, Netflix, Netflix knows a lot about us, I tell you. That is what the truth is about Jesus. Jesus is saying, let your testimony stand firm. Let your testimony be trustworthy. And let your testimony be filled with truth. 
If you have not had a given experience with the Lord, it's hard to fake it. And it's hard to bear witness to what you don't know, what you don't feel, what you don't see, what you don't smell, what you don't touch. There's something that's transformative about the spirit of the living God that moves you from one place to another. There's something about the spirit of the most high God that helps you to close your mouth when you need to. There's something about the spirit of God shutting you down when you need to just be still and know that God is God. Aren't you glad that God sent you a coach to say, Kelly, that's enough in the name of Jesus. And what Jesus is saying is that when you bear witness, make some good trouble in my name. Do what's necessary in my name. If we feed people physically and never feed them spiritually and emotionally, we have not done our job. If we feed people physically and never mention and present the source of life, we have not done our job. So it's time for us to take full responsibility for what it means to be a witness. I have also learned some other things. I don't understand hip-hop. And when I listen to a couple of the songs, I don't know what they're really saying. I think there's a code I don't get. I don't understand why her sings with her glasses on and why she rocks like that with that guitar. And I realize I guess I don't need to know. I don't know why Adam and Eve did not obey God. God was clear. Here are the instructions. This is what you used to do. And this is what you should not do. Have you ever been guilty of that? You hear the instructions. You know what to do. You've been told over and over again. And then you do it anyway. And then you have to suck up and say, oh, you did tell me that, didn't you? I don't know how the moon and stars interact. I don't know why Jonah was not obedient. I don't know what causes the sun to rise. I don't know what causes the sun to set. I do not know how God orchestrates the seasons of the year. I do not know how God creates life. I don't know how God makes snow. I'm just fascinated when I see it. I do not know how manages the waves of the ocean. I'm fascinated when I look at the ocean and I see the movement of the water and the stillness that it gives my soul. I don't know how Jesus walked on water, and he did it in such a perfect way. I don't know now how Jesus raised the dead. I don't know how Jesus turned water to wine. I don't know how Jesus fed the multitudes. I don't know how he did out of that. I don't know how Jesus knew Zacchaeus was up in the tree waiting for him to come by. I don't know how God communicated with Joshua as he marched around Jericho. I don't know how God speaks to you. I don't know how God informed Jesus of the life story of the woman at the well. I don't know when God transitioned that information to Jesus, but all I know is that she was in the right place at the right time with the right light of heaven so that she could be saved. I do know a couple of things, though. I know God is real because he's real deep down in my soul. I know that God's word is true. And I know that whatever God has promised you, you can count on it. I know that God 
works all things for the good. And I do know that God will fix what needs to be fixed based on God's calendar. I know that God can raise the dead. I know that God has healing power. I love it when we sing that song. You've got to, sometimes you just got to encourage yourself. You ever had a moment when you have to just encourage yourself? Nobody knows why you hurt like you do, but you got to encourage yourself. I know that God will have the final word about final destination. I know that my plane ticket has already been purchased. And I know that I'm not sitting in the zone where people have to wear a mask. I know that the mask is already covered in Jesus. I know that my God is a way maker. I know that God is faithful. I know God has a plan for my life. I know God is omnipresent. I know that God is the God of salvation. What do you know about the Lord? What is your witness to God? What is it that you know that allows your light to shine so bright that somebody will ask, how do I get some of that? I want to shout like you. I want to sing like you. I want to be joyful like you. And praise team, you can come. How many of you know that you're going to go to glory and be with the Father? How many of you still guessing and trying to figure it out? But what I want you to know today is that the same Jesus, I said the same Jesus who caused good trouble in Galilee, the same Jesus that stirred the people up in Bethany, the same Jesus who went to Cana and there he was stirring up trouble because he was taking the people to a higher place. He was introducing them to his father, and he said, I'm here to make my father's work complete. Remember, it was only a couple of weeks ago when the official was on his way to meet Jesus. And Jesus said, go, your son is already healed. So today, church, I want to remind you that the same Jesus who went to Galilee, the same Jesus that caused trouble in Bethany, the same Jesus that talked back to the Jews, the same Jesus who said, I know who I am, the same Jesus said, don't confuse me with anybody else. I am here to complete the work of my father. The same Jesus that Nicodemus talked to that night, that same Jesus who said that the man was lying there that said, do you want to get well? Remember, he asked the man, do you want to get well? It's the same Jesus that we offer today. And it's the same Jesus that we should have deep down in our soul. The same Jesus, Alabama, the same Jesus in New Jersey, the same Jesus in Maryland, the same Jesus in California, the same Jesus in Egypt, the same Jesus. He's the same today as yesterday, and he will be tomorrow. The same Jesus. Same Jesus. He does not change. He's faithful. He's just. He's righteous. He's kind. He's loving. And above all, Jesus loves you. This I know. How's the Bible? Jesus loves me!
to get in touch with Jesus. Get saved, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That was a message. That was a message. Thank you, Pastor, for letting God use you on today. Amen. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Lord. you're ready to turn your life over to Jesus Christ and begin anew. We invite you to unite with us here at Pleasant Grove Church where we will walk with you. Don't let this opportunity pass. Pass you by and not accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior on today. It's just like ABC. Admit. Admit that you are a sinner. Believe, believe that Jesus is Lord and he died for your sins and rose again from the dead. And thoroughly confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And when you do these three things, <laughs> you declare this with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you are ready to give your life to Christ on today, pray this prayer with me right now, wherever you are. Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you have prayed this prayer in faith and received Christ in your heart, you are now a child of God. Amen. And the angels in heaven are rejoicing at this good news. So if you desire to unite with us and learn more about 
what Pleasant Grove Church in Cary, North Carolina is doing and how we can walk with you in your new journey. Visit our website, www.pgc-carry.org and click the prayer request button to complete the request form and noting that salvation and that you are a new, new child in Christ. Thereafter, one of our spiritual leaders will contact you. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.